0: Welcome back to another episode of the show. I am, of course, your host, Shane Told, taking you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers from all different walks of life. And today, I'm very, very excited for this one. One of the most underrated bands in the scene Wolves at the Gate, their guitar player, clean vocalist, Steve, he's here. We just talked, just recorded it. I just got done with him. What a guy, man. Just such a talented musician, an incredible singer, uh, incredible producer as well. And getting to pick his brain about everything that's that's gone on with Wolves at the Gate in their career has been Really, really a pleasure. So I'm excited for this one. I know a lot of people maybe aren't super familiar with the band. You should be. They have a brand new album coming out March 11th. That's this Friday. And uh, it's a ripper. It is a ripper. So if you're into post-hardcore on the heavier side with a little bit of metal influence, this band is definitely for you. The new album, Eulogies... Is coming at you. Before we get into that, again, I want to thank you all so much for being here, for listening, for subscribing. Whatever you're listening to this on, do me a favor and hit that follow button, that subscribe button, whether it's Spotify or Apple or anything else. That goes a long way. If you really want to support the show, you can check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club for as little as $6 a month, that gets you in. That gets you all the access to bonus episodes and some other cool shit that I do on there and our amazing community of other fans of the show. I call y'all my sinners. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for the love. Um, Yeah, so join, okay? It's com slash all access. And that's it, $6 a month. And it's pretty, 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 pretty cool. Okay? Lee Singer syndrome.com slash all access. We got a couple new sponsors on board. If you've got a lawn and you're a little sketchy on what to do with it, like me, like I was, you're gonna wanna check out Get Sunday. They make it super easy. You go online and you put in your address and it automatically analyzes your soil, your climate, and then they send you what you need in the mail. You hook it up to your garden hose, you spray away, and that's it. How sick is that? So check it out. Head over to GetSunday.com LSS20 and save 20%. It's really good stuff. And also Riverside.fm. If you record podcasts like this or do any kind of video chat, you're going to want to use Riverside.fm. All the audio gets separated. It's all recorded, super high quality. You don't have to worry about Zoom crashing. It's happening to my buddy lately in his podcast. Don't have to worry about that at all. Head over to Riverside.fm and use coupon code LSS and save 10% off any subscription so I want to thank Riverside.fm and Sunday so much for being sick and helping me out and in other news with me Silverstein we're going back on tour with our friends in Beartooth it's super exciting it starts at the end of this month March 25th is the first show it's a good tour Beartooth Silverstein Devil Wears Prada and Era good buddies good music, make sure you get tickets, head over to BeartoothTickets.com and pick one up before they're gone. And don't sleep on new Silverstein music. Our single Ultraviolet just came out and we've got a new record, Misery Made Me, coming out May 6th. So go pre-order that record, SilversteinMusic.com. All right, let's get into it, shall we? This is a great episode with my new friend, Steve Kabucci of Wolves at the Gate.
1: Hey,
0: Steve. Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm super good, man. How, how, how is, uh, how's things with you? Yeah, it's going, it's going well, you know? Yeah.
2: Excited, excited to see things normalizing a bit. Right. I saw some updates today about different cities and things getting uh, lifted, so that's cool to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Are you in New Jersey?
2: Yeah, I'm in Jersey, yep.
0: I found your LinkedIn, so uh, that's how I know <laughs> that you don't live in Ohio anymore
2: yeah no yeah i just i went to college in ohio um but spent spent my whole life in uh in jersey for better or for worse interesting so
0: that must be the origins of the story of of the band being from um what is it again cedarville ohio
2: yeah cedarville yeah small town ohio
0: yeah that's random that's random because you know i was looking at that and um wondering okay why would the band claim Cedarville and not like just Dayton or something, you know. Um <laughs> and now it all makes sense cuz you went to school according to your LinkedIn uh at uh Cedarville University.
2: Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, it is it is definitely random. Yeah, I don't I don't know why we ever said we never said Dayton at at some point. I don't know who made the decision. We started saying Columbus, but I was like, I'm pretty sure you can't, you can't change your hometown. So
0: <laughs> That's why I was just in Columbus on Monday night. Actually, I went to a hockey game down there. Good buddy that oh. lives, in, lives in Columbus. But I get why you might say Columbus, because Columbus is yeah. like probably the coolest city in Ohio, if you're going to pick one. Yeah, it's,
2: yeah it's, it's identifiable. That's for sure. Exactly, exactly.
0: Well, hey, I'm here with Steve from Wolves at the Gate. Um, you guys have a new record coming out. Geez, two days from now. That's exciting.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm really excited. You you know how it is. It's just, it's a fun time. You can't wait for people to hear everything you worked on, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys have released a lot of stuff um, over the last little while. Lots of singles and and different versions and everything. Um, You know, it's been it's been great to see and and I actually haven't heard the record in full yet i'm gonna have to wait till till friday like everybody else but if these singles are any indication this record is is it's another notch on the belt this is like a a, a step up for you guys
2: yeah thanks man it means a lot um <laughs> if you think so then that then that's great that's how i mean we feel you know you know how it is being in a band you always kind of feel like the next record is the best version of yourself, but you never know until people listen to it and then they kind of let you know.
0: (laughs) For sure. For sure. Well, this is your fifth album and that, that might surprise some people. Um, I know a lot of, I mean, I feel like you guys are picking up some steam right now. A lot of people hearing about you for the first time, which is, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, but, but five albums in, I mean, you guys are really, I mean, veterans at this point, you know, a lot of bands (laughs) don't, don't put out five records in a career.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, I don't know if you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but I'm I'm excited that people are yeah, finding our band now and you know, to be honest, there's there's lots of cool bands that I found late too, but some who didn't get the notoriety they probably deserved until later, like like Let Live, like yeah. they'd been around for a while before people really started catching on to them and they were always right. I'd I'd kinda known who they were and then all of a sudden they were like they had blown up, which is kind of weird to see, you know, for a band who's been really dogging it out for a long time. But that's just kind of the way it is with music. You know, sometimes things just click at different points, either for the band or for listeners. You never know.
1: For
0: sure. Well, I could talk about Let Live all day. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Let li- I think for Let Live, you know, it was really yeah, they started out, I forget what label they started out on, but it was their live show. You know, they were able to go and play and, and open some big tours. And obviously Jason Butler being probably the greatest live frontman ever, uh, got people excited. Then the band signed to Epitaph and you know, that, that helped, but you know, to, to bring you guys into the equation, that's been a problem for you guys lately. I mean, not just with the pandemic, but you know, I know you guys have families and kids and it's hard for you guys to tour, you know, full time and do these, you know, six week national tours these days. Right. To to, you know, get yourself in front of new people as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the touring circuit is hard. Um, we love it, you know, but um, yeah, you just you never know where life's going to lead you. You know, I was in the middle of, you know, recording our third record and I found out my wife was pregnant and uh, you know a few months later we found out that it was twins uh, <laughs> and uh, that definitely you know definitely changed the the conversation of things because the way everything was scheduled at that point the record was going to be coming out around their due date and I was like I can't I can't go like I can't go on tour and my wife's going to give birth to twins one I'm not First, missing it right. and two I, I can't just kind of I can't skip out you know uh, and so, yeah, it definitely changed the structure of our band, but we've been trying to just do whatever we can to, to make it work. Um, sure. Sure. Thankfully, yeah, all the guys are are pretty committed to that, but we're excited. We're excited to do some touring this year, um, doing some, some longer runs than we probably have in the past. So very excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the new album for people that are not aware is called Eulogies, the fifth record. Um, now, I read that your last record eclipsed great record, by the way, I read that you self-produced it. I read that Tim Lambesis produced it. I don't think that's uh true or entirely tr- true. Um, what about this new one?
2: Yeah. So, uh, well for the last record, Tim actually just helped, uh, track some vocals, um, because he was local in the area and, uh, cause we were doing it in San Diego, uh, with Joey, our guitar player. Okay. And, uh, we were just getting down to the wire and he had a local studio uh and so um we had already mapped out the vocals and he tim just engineered the tracking of it uh but yeah as for this record yeah we we self-produced it as well and um you know we went to we went to you know uh you know great studio to track drums we went to mix wave studios taylor larson studio in bethesda maryland to track drums which is great um and then apart from that yeah we just we self-produced from there wow yeah that's that's a big undertaking i
0: mean because you know your band there's a lot going on um yeah (laughs) you know uh not just musically not just like with you know uh complicated drum parts and guitar riffs and and leads and like you talk about joey i mean this dude's a world-class shredder but (laughs) vocals too i mean there are so many layers of vocals both both singing and screaming um i i i feel like it's you know it's okay it's produced by you know wolves at the gate but i feel like you're the man kind of calling the shots with with the production decisions that seems like a lot as the uh songwriter of the band singer of the band uh you know and to be the producer that sounds stressful, dude.
2: yeah, um it definitely was somewhat stressful for the last record um i I kind of took my lumps, you know with that last one um you know but we we've we've like you know engineered a lot of stuff that we've put out over the years um so we have experience with that, but obviously the whole undertaking and organizing it i just i learned a lot in the last record and was able to come in more focused and um knowing how to be organized beforehand cuz you know how it is man like so many different tracks and like did we track this did we do that you know right. and i just had to figure out a way to to map it all out and spread things out too so it wasn't um being all jammed up into like you know crazy three week endeavor you know um i tried to 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 space it out what actually ended up working out well because you know, when you're working on stuff, you, sometimes you get creative ideas in the final hour, in things that just make the songs better. So it's nice yeah. having control on that end of things. But um, yeah, I mean, Joey is a huge help in that too because he's uh, super talented, knows his way around, you know, DAWs, Pro Tools, and stuff like that. So um, he shared the duties with me. So he 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 tracked all the rhythm guitars. Um, but then, apart from that and the the drums, uh, a friend of ours tracked all the bass with uh, with Ben in in Nashville, who's a good friend of ours. Um, but uh, yeah, the rest of it I did, and I have a little bit of you know foggy memory when it comes to how it all happened, but it definitely <laughs> did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, did you mix it too?
2: No. Oh man, definitely not. That's <laughs> no. Nah. That, I don't think that's one thing I could ever do because I just. I just know it would never. I, it would never be good enough to me, and I, I I would hate that. So, and honestly, I don't. I don't think I could. I don't think I could do a good enough job. So, um, we went down and Taylor, who who engineered the drums, uh, he mixed it, and so just went down with him and spent a couple of days and got the thing mixed. You know.
0: Yeah, mixing's hard. Um, I mean, it, I think it's impossible when it's your own music. I know there are some guys that they have such a sound in their head. Um, you know, that they can do it. Like they just, they can hit what they're going for. But I feel like if it was me, I would just never be able to finish mixing. I yeah. would just, ne- you know what I mean? I'd question it. I'd, you know, you go listen to it in the car. You go, I don't know. And then you go back and think I was better before. And, but the, you know, and just, just all those like tweaks, you know, I yep. feel like you almost need somebody else to, to, to be that, that outside looking in, you know, or, or it's impossible
2: yeah, I know. I That's exactly how I feel. To be honest, the only way I could do it would be if we released the record as like, you know, the whole session and I could just progressively make the mix better over the next year. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. That's funny. Well, you know, it's interesting how you guys, you know, blend so many genres. Um, a song like like Low Born, super heavy, you know, metalcore, Um Whereas some of your other songs like almost sound more like post-hardcore. Like, I don't know if you're influenced by some, someone like Story of the Year. You know, I oh, hear yeah. like I hear almost that kind of a vibe. Um, but then, you know, you have these acoustic songs you're doing, like The Counterfeit, Redux. Oh my god, that's like a haunting track. Um, I almost got like a country influence on that one. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place for you guys. So, like, I mean, how does this all come to be? Is this is this your kind of brainchild, where you say, "Okay, today I, I'm in this kind of mood. I'm going to write this kind of song," or how does it work?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm influenced by so much music, and um, I just I don't know. I just try to I try to just ride with like what is exciting, you know, me musically at that moment, and um, I don't know. I've really just tried to. I, I found I, I don't want our records to be linear um, in the sense of like uh, I want songs to have identities and and be special and unique. And you know what? Somebody could listen to our record and go, they all sound the same. And I, I understand that, but that's what I'm going for. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. Because um, my favorite records have done that, you know, where each song feels unique but cohesive, you know, and right. bands that I feel like have done that so well are bands like like thrice and bands like manchester orchestra um and that's that's what i've loved about their records is that they feel like records but all the songs kind of have their own unique identity and so kind of taking that model and applying it to music that's a little more you know aggressive than than those bands um but i am heavily influenced by you know bands like the like them
0: absolutely well let's talk about that so you grew up in new jersey uh what was your family structure like, you know, as a kid? Um uh you know and and how did how did, you know, did your were your parents together? Did you have brothers and sisters? And and how was kind of music in the household?
2: Yeah, so, yeah, parents parents were together. I have one older brother named Phil. Uh he's 3 years older than me. Hi Phil. Uh, yeah, what's up? He's awesome. Yeah, I grew up in North Jersey. Um and I guess the way that, you know, music impacted me was it was definitely in the home you know my my mom's very musical you know sing plays piano she's kind of like more classically trained in her voice like she sounds like you know um like opera and musicals and things like that and so she's a she was always singing there was always records on had a, a whole you know cabinet full of like actual vinyls that that was always being played um And then but apart from that though, the area that I grew up in was like really mixed, you know, uh, culturally. And so I was exposed to so many different styles of music, you know, um, rap from you know, rap to like punk music to reggaeton. I don't know if people know what that is. I I played soccer, so I played with a lot of guys who do do, do, exactly yeah.
0: If you hear that it's it's reggaeton, yeah. Now I I, um I've been dragged my my um my girlfriend's like huge into uh like Jay Balvin and like those artists so I I've been dragged to a few of those shows.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, I was just exposed to a lot of different styles of music, but it wasn't until, you know, I started hearing about bands like like Thursday and Saves the Day who were kind of from the yeah. area I grew up, I grew up in. I've really latched onto those bands, but there were, there were gateway bands before that, like, you know, the classic Nirvana and Metallica. Yeah. Um, and, uh, honestly, anything that was played on a classic rock station, cause I, I was around construction my whole life and that's what those guys listened to. So <laughs> Absolutely. you're listening to they got
0: the yeah. Milwaukee speaker yep. blaring up. Well yep, yeah, I, I yeah, I can picture it.
2: Yep. Yeah. So, you know, Boston, CCR and those are all like super guitar forward type bands. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin. I mean, I loved Led Zeppelin. That was like all I wanted to learn how to play when I first played guitar. So yeah, but I didn't necessarily like connect I just loved what was going like I love the music, what was going on with the guitar, but I didn't want to make that music. It, was, it wasn't until I heard kind of, yeah, punk music that I was like, well, you know what it is? It was less intimidating yeah. <laughs> than trying to write, you know, Jimmy Page riffs, you know, yeah, and sing like Robert Plant.
0: No, absolutely, man. I mean, that's that's such a common story that, you know, um, especially when you are from a place like that where it's bands are in your backyard. It's like, wait a yeah. second, if, if, you know, Thursday's from... Um, you know, New Brunswick or I don't know where Thursday's from or, or, you know, wherever, like just in your state, it's like, well, if they can do it, well, maybe I can do it. So did you, uh, did you start going to local shows when you were, you know, in high school or?
2: Yeah, I, I tried to, um, honestly, the problem I had was I didn't have like any friends that were into that stuff. I was like the weirdo that (laughs) liked you know, I was like, yeah, I love this band Thursday. They're like, that's the day of the week. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, it, w- it, w- it took me a while until, you know, I f- uh, met a friend of mine, his name is Jordan, who, uh, we went and saw, um, against me and Blood Brothers in New York oh, City. Sick. I yeah, love I- Blood Brothers. What a man. Yeah. Band. And like so, I'm sure you know the record "Burn Piano While and Burn." Oh, of course. Um, that was that was the record that I heard like a week before, and he was like, "Hey, they're going to be at the Bowery," and he's like, "Do you want to go?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm going." Uh, and so and I didn't know against me, and then I heard them, and I thought they were awesome. So that that was like a pretty formative, like you know, event for me was seeing that show, um, because things that I'd only heard, like really just like came alive, like viscerally, you know?
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, um, you guys identify as a Christian band from what I understand. You guys are pretty legit too. Um, if you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) what about that whole scene? You know, like was, was religion, Christianity, was that a big part of your life growing up? Did you find out about, you know, I'm thinking of that time period, you know, everybody from Zayo to Under Oath to, you know, I think of another Ohio band, Dead Poetic, you know, mm-hmm. all those bands, were they on your radar at that point or was that a little later on?
2: I think it was a little later on. Um, I ended up finding those bands kind of after, you know, sort of the the local heroes, you know, from the Northeast, mm-hmm. um, they kind of connected me to those bands. And then that's how I found, you know, kind of like the solid state tooth and nail type bands. Um, but, but growing up, I'd always, I'd heard a lot of like Christian rock and I, I really didn't like it. Um, it just, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was really cheesy. Um, sure. and it just kind of felt like the off brand version of the stuff that I liked. Um, and you know, in the, <laughs> in the Christian bookstores, they would have these sections where it says like for fans of Linkin Park and it would have this band and I'd be like, this doesn't sound like Linkin Park at all. This is lame. You know, <laughs> and So it was a waste of 20 bucks, but um, yeah. So, but it wasn't until I kind of found some of those bands. And honestly, I think the, the, the two bands that probably like um, had the biggest impact on me were first Blindside. um Yeah such a cool band, uh, so creative, so unique, Loved the, the lyrics too. I felt like I was actually listening to like a real person, um, who's being honest and, um, that I was able to identify with, you know, Christian's lyrics and, but, but probably the biggest impact was a band called A City's Burn. Um, they're just, yeah, they just, they just ticked all the boxes of what, if I was if I was gonna look for a band that was Christian, you know, I, I wanted it to be like them because I felt like they were honest, real, and uh it wasn't they weren't selling their beliefs. They were they were just being honest and talking about what they actually cared about. And it and it showed in the music. And and there was that, a weightiness to it too. Like it wasn't, you know, yeah, it wasn't surface. And that's what I I didn't want. I didn't want like surface music. That's what. That's not what draws you to listen to any sort of punk or underground music. Is you want something that is got passion and heart to it. Uh, no. So
0: no, absolutely. I mean, as cities burn is an interesting band because they changed their style so hard. Um, like yeah. they flicked a switch and it was like, oh, they're a different band. But you know, everyone still still seemed to like them. And yeah, maybe part of it was the the authentic authenticity of the band and we got a chance just to tour with them like right before the pandemic basically and uh oh awesome they're great oh they're great people um as well um but you know it's interesting just from the surface um you know wolves wolves at the gate you guys are you guys are a heavy band i mean you guys have a lot of metal influence seemingly in there too it (laughs) sort of surprises me that you're bringing up Saves the day and Thursday and Blindside, <laughs> and like I guess, like, um, As Cities Burns, like the heaviest band you've brought up. So it's kind of surprising, like, that somehow this has worked you guys into this, you know, very modern sounding, um, you know, uh, metalcore post hardcore band. I don't know what you want to call yourself.
2: Yeah, I don't know either, but uh, you know what it is. So, probably, probably one of the most like, cause, you know, I mentioned thrice. The, the record, when I heard, um, it really was when I heard The Artist in the Ambulance by Thrice. Mm-hmm. That was when I felt like there was an identity to really everything I loved about music. It was so melodic, but so like aggressive. Um, and had, yeah. So I think that's that kind of is what set me on you know my path, I guess. Uh, yeah, in, in that vein of things and You know, bands like Killswitch and Gage, too. Um, Yeah. They have such a heavy but melodic, you know, nature to them. Yeah. Um, And I think those are are the, the, the bands that I think kind of impacted that side of things that you're mentioning. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: um, I'm sure you're going to say you're a guitar player first, and you never wanted to sing because that's what everybody says. Yeah, that's um, the story. Yeah, that's the story. Uh, but but talk to me about that. I mean, you you're very accomplished. I mean, I know you've had kind of like a lot of records to figure it out. Um, but you sound you sound amazing on this new stuff.
2: Thanks, man. Um, yeah, it's. It was a it, it is it was a hard journey, you know. Like you said, you nailed it on the head. I played guitar, I wrote all the melodies, begged the guys to find a singer. <laughs> we didn't we couldn't find anybody, and they said just do it. And I'll never forget, you know, realizing that I was going to be singing on our first recordings and we were doing it literally in the basement of a funeral home at some guy's like <laughs> Weird apartment, okay. uh, <laughs> and right it was like the only guy we knew that recorded, you know, in Cedarville, and uh, and I remember hearing myself, and I didn't, I I was, I knew I wasn't gonna be great, but I wasn't ready for. I wasn't ready to hear myself and I was like, Oh man, I got a lot of work to do. And so (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, you know, it is. I'd always, I'd only ever sung along with all of my favorite bands. I'd never recorded my voice before, you know? And really it's that hard thing of like, you know, like I love, like I love Dallas Green's voice. Like I loved, you know, like, like he, yeah, I thought he was such a great singer and, uh, for me, I was just like, man, I don't sound like him. And I loved Dustin Kendrew's voice from thrice. And I'm like, I kind of sound like him, but I still don't quite sound like him. And, and really the problem was, is that I just kept comparing myself to all my favorite singers and just needed to learn how to use my voice. And so once I accepted that, um, you know, and honestly, once I started, once we started touring before we got signed, that was when I really started to learn because you know how it is. Like before you're touring, you're just playing like maybe two shows consecutively. Yeah. Yep. So you're not ever thinking about technique. You're not ever thinking about longevity. Um, You're not thinking about it as an instrument. You're just blowing it out. And then you're just like, all right, it'll be fine in a week when right. we go play. Show. <laughs>
0: totally a hundred percent.
2: Yeah. So, and, and the other thing too, is I kept writing things, you know, I remember what, like, this was probably a, a song that kind of helped get our name out there and helped us get signed it was a song called Heralds on our first EP. Mm-hmm. And I remember writing the melody and going, Oh man, I don't, I don't want to tune my guitar any lower, but I don't know if I could sing this part. <laughs> and so I just, I just had to get to work, you know? And really that's kind of what happened is I kept writing songs and we kept tuning our our guitars lower. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to need to figure this out. You know, <laughs> I'm like, we can't be writing songs. We're not like a deathcore band. We can't be writing songs in drop G, you know, all the time. <laughs> and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so that's really what happened was, was kind of writing songs that were pushing my abilities. And so you just kind of learn through trial and error. And then from touring, really kind of learning like, oh, that, re- that feels really good when I do it this way. And it obviously it's probably things that could have been solved in a couple of vocal lessons, but you know, I was broke and and also probably dumb. So <laughs> I didn't even think of
0: that. <laughs> Wow. Well, I appreciate all the honesty with that, Steve. No, but, but seriously, um, I, I was, I'm just very, very impressed with, with your vocals on this record. And, um, I mean, have you, with the pandemic and everything, you know, obviously like that's been really tough on a lot of bands you know, not being able to kind of get out there and yeah. having to take kind of a step back from, from playing shows and, um, you know, doing other things. What about with you guys? Did, did you take some time to kind of work on your, your craft? Did you just kind of maybe put the band on hold for a minute? What, what was like the approach, you know? Um, cause you know, your record came out, uh, I have July 26th, 2019, so The record's only been out for, you know, six, eight months before the world's shutting down, you know?
2: Yeah. So we were actually getting ready to go out and uh, do another headliner and, um, yeah, we had to cancel it, you know? And it was was a bummer um, because, you know, I think especially we were starting to get into, we're starting to gain a little bit of, you know, momentum, um, but also... Um, yeah, starting to get a little, uh, uh, things changing in our lives. Kids are getting older, you know, things being able to work in a way where we could go out more, which was exciting. Um, but honestly, when I found out once I realized, okay, this isn't going away quickly, I was like, let's just get to work, um, and so yeah, we did kind of like a you know like a reimagined EP of songs off the record Eclipse, mm-hmm. and just thought I was like, let's just do something like this, and it'll be like a you know a good kind of gap fill while we write the record, um, and so that's really what it was for me, and yeah, I I don't know, I I definitely used it as an opportunity to man like who who knew how long this thing was gonna last? like what was it gonna do to the music industry? You know would it be sustainable for us to do music down the road? like I just try to treat every record like it's our last record um and so I just tried to just, yeah put as much into these songs as I could and really just care about the heart of what the song is, you know, yeah, and, and um. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. The whole process was, I know it was a really, you know, rough time for a lot of people. I was, I felt bad for a lot of my friends and bands where they were just struggling and, you know, um, but, um, there was a silver lining for us and unfortunately it wasn't the case for everybody, but it it worked out well for us though.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. No, um, yes. Well, the new, this new record, uh, it's coming out in a couple of days that's 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 very very exciting stuff um what was i going to ask you next okay so there's a song on this new record called lights and fire yeah uh banger by the way banging track uh <laughs> thanks man now i pulled this quote from the internet and there's a lot to unpack here i'm just going to read this back to you okay sure uh this is what you said well, all these songs were quite personal for me, this one held a different weight as it related to a number of the most painful parts of my life. It showed me how I was holding on to things that were actually destructive to me. It was the first time that I truly felt alone. I had to end a relationship that I put a lot of hope in. Soon after I got robbed, my laptop, recording gear, guitars, amps, all gone. I didn't have money to replace things. Soon after I tore my ACL and meniscus, which was a blow to my aspirations to play soccer for a living. All these things combined left me feeling abandoned and asking, what do I do deserve to deserve this? Why me? Now, this didn't happen. These these things didn't all happen recently, right?
2: No, this was honestly like all this happened right honestly like before right before we got signed it was like a six months leading up to when we got signed to solid state wow did i lose you yeah no no Uh,
0: okay so so wait you got you got signed to solid state and then then all this happened or this all happened then you got signed to solid state
2: yeah yeah all this happened like six months before we got signed um and uh yeah, maybe a long, maybe a little bit longer, but all, yeah, all kind of happened in that time. And the ACL, you know, uh, the knee injury was literally like right around when they were like talking, were talking with a few labels, and contracts were being sent.
0: Well, I mean, that's super interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, to, had aspire, aspirations to play soccer for a living. I know you you mentioned uh earlier that you you grew up playing soccer the reggaeton influence and um all that i mean that's um that's kind of in- interesting i mean you you must have been a pretty serious uh seriously good soccer player
2: yeah i mean i i love the game i still i still love it you know um honestly for the longest time i really didn't know what i wanted to do with my life and um i i was always into you know carpentry and construction and
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know classic you know kind of advice from everyone is, well, you got, you need to go to college. You need to get a real, get a real you know, degree in something that's a real career, not a trade. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't really interested in school. Um, but I knew if I, I wanted to continue to play soccer. So I was like, well, I guess I got to go to college. That's the next step. And so that's what I did. And, you know, I, I played in some, they call them in the States, they call them professional development leagues. Um, I played in a few of those, um, but that was as far as I got before the knee injury. And that kind of was like the nail in the coffin, Mm. um, -hmm. you know, for me, which was, which was hard, but you know, yeah, thankfully at the same time, my, you know, my passion for music, um, was, was getting opportunities, you know, to be realized, um, when I'd wanted to play music for a long time and wolves at the gate honestly is the only band i've ever been in um i couldn't get a band together for like seven or eight years uh when i was writing music so um one thing kind of fell apart and the other one was just starting to blossom
0: yeah isn't that the way it works wow
2: yeah
0: um well getting rob stock did you get any of that stuff back
2: no 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 although (laughs) i'm because i ended up you know so uh uh, I had a really awesome because you you know how guitar heads are they're not all the same you can get the same exact brand or brand or type but they all sound a little different and I had an awesome
0: 6505.
2: Oh, yeah uh, and uh, I, I'm not sure I might have bought the one that was that was stolen from me uh, <laughs> I couldn't couldn't tell um, but it felt you know it, it felt like this looks just like mine like it's got some of the same nicks to it but I. <laughs> none of it ever got back although it's it's literally sitting next to me right now so who knows maybe if it if it had a voice it would tell me
0: yeah no i had i had one very special instrument stolen from me and i uh i ended up getting another one is it's a very it's a gibson sg but it's Mm. in a very rare color that they call um candy apple blue they only made it for like two years in the 90s it was like it was like my first like good guitar i got you know when i was a like when I turned 18 or whatever, my, my parents got it for me and, yeah. um, yeah. And it got stolen. And I was like, I found another one on eBay and I, and I bought it and I was like, I wonder if it's gonna, if it's the same guitar, <laughs> you know, cause they're so rare, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't the same one, but uh, I, mean, I at least got to have like, at least I have that now still. Yeah. So it, it's just not quite as painful, but yeah, but yeah, man, losing, losing guitars and or amps too, man, that those are the things that really mean a lot.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know how it is when you're first starting out. That 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 gear is expensive, you know. Yeah, um, I like it,
0: that too. Sure.
2: Yeah, so it was, that was more of the the blow, you know. To me, was just like I can't replace this stuff, and you know, we were really starting to like make some headway in the band, and yeah, so it was it was definitely discouraging, but um, yeah, I mean, that's just that's a lot of what the song catalogs is that time of my life.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting to write a song, you know, about a, such a, a thing that happened to you so long ago too. Right. I mean, what kind of, did something trigger that? Um, you know, it's kind of interesting to, to, to write this all these years later. Cause now, you know, you've got, you're married and you've got twins yeah. and,
2: <laughs> you know, it
0: seems like you kind of have your shit together. So, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it is like, so the lockdown and being quarantined, it definitely made me just think differently approaching writing songs and especially writing lyrics. Um, because, you know, um, a lot of times I draw from interactions we have with people on tour and, and also just talking with the guys in our band. Cause I really want to be a voice for our band, not just myself. Um, um, because the the five of us have to stand together and be about the same thing. And so, um, but this, this time, like I just, I didn't have that. I didn't have anything to draw from. And honestly, as I sat down and just started thinking and, and, and and writing, I just realized that there were some things that, you know, especially I guess that time in my life, I, I learned such a, I learned such a valuable Lesson and, and it had such a profound impact on me, and I just realized I'm like I just I need to make a song about this, you sure. know, because really, you know what it is? It's crazy how, you know, everybody you, you tend to think like things that are bad for you are things like you know drugs, alcohol, and you know, but we forget that like there are good things that you can want in the wrong way, um, and and that's really what it was for me, like these all these things that I, I saw like get kind of taken from me, I was wanting them in a bad way that like, it was just so selfish and self-centered. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I just, I, you don't treat those things well when you have them, when you have that mentality, you know? Um, and that's really what I, I came to see, you know, Uh, And I'm grateful for that because, um, yeah, like the song basically kind of like talks about how it's like, yeah, they they got taken away. So in a way that was so much better for me because I have all those same things again. Like I have my health, I have, you know, I have a wife and kids, um, but the way that I looked at those things, I look at them differently now with a much more appreciation and gratitude and humility and and that's how I, I want to live my life, you know. Um, and and really, a lot of the the record kind of just talks about, you know, I I've really struggled with with pride, not really anything I think visible that anyone would see, um, but invisible. And I know about it. And you know, going through quarantine and really kind of just looking at myself in the mirror, I'm just like, I just need to put, you know, pen to paper and express some of the stuff. Because, you know, I think being being a Christian in, in, in a band, I think people can tend to just look at you in a, in a certain lens and think uh, maybe you're self-righteous or maybe think that you got everything together. Um, I don't know. I don't know how people look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think they look at it in the way that it really is. And that's something that's really important to me is I don't want Christians or people who aren't Christians to look at. Me and think that I'm I'm not. I'd, i 'm something i 'm not i i want to be honest and so i I, I want to use our music as a platform to show that, and I think it really does at the end of the day it exhibits what I truly believe is that um i, I don 't really have anything uh to like brag about um you know I, I shouldn't be prideful or arrogant um humility is is a much more beautiful trait because i 've been dealt with with humility and so um yeah, that was well, kind of like a little bit of a rabbit trail. No,
0: I, I, I love it. And and like that really spoke to me. And I think that that maybe sums up part of your band and your career is that, you know, you guys have been criminally underrated, Um, I, I think. You know, I mean, this fifth album, um, I'm very excited for it. I think all your albums are really good. But, you, you know, part of it's probably that you haven't done that many of the huge tours um, and mm-hmm. part of it might just be, you know, your personality for, you know, not being that band that that's are gonna act like rock stars and like ooze that confidence, you know, and and <laughs> and be those kind of people. But I I think anybody listening to this needs to listen to your band because this is just proof that not all the best bands are the most popular bands. Um, you know, so. I think it's, I think it's just speaks to who you are, man. And I think that that's a, a really beautiful and honest thing.
2: Yeah. Well, Shane, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, um, definitely. Cause, um, yeah, there's lots of, there's, you know, and it's true. There's, there's lots of great bands that people don't know about. And there's, there's lots of bands that we came up with that I think are way better than us and they didn't get the breaks that we got. So, um, you know, I think that is the beauty of music and, you know, for as much as the way things have changed with music in the sense that like there's a crazy oversaturation, there's still great bands, I think getting lost in the mix and I'm not saying we're one of them, but there are, there's so many good bands out there and yeah, I appreciate you, you know, kind of giving us an opportunity for, you know, your listeners to yeah check out our band, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I've listened. I've been listening to your podcast since you started, uh, which has been awesome to Thank see you. the way it gr- has Thanks, grown, man. and love all the guests. And I've also, I've also found lots of bands and artists that you know I maybe heard about, but didn't go listen to until you know you played something on the podcast. Uh, and so, yeah, it is, it is cool. So I appreciate you kind of giving us this opportunity oh, man. To, no, to do that. Man.
0: No, man, absolutely, of course. And, and again, I encourage everybody to check out the new record. Eulogies out March 11th, Um, very exciting. Also, uh, 10th anniversary of your record Captors, still the first full-length record. That's still a record that gets jammed a lot. Uh, The song Dead Man is still in your top 10, (laughs) you know? I mean, um, you know, a lot of bands do those, those, you know, anniversary shows, tours, anything in the cards for, uh, for that or maybe a vinyl release or something.
2: Well, there's definitely there's we're it's on our radar. We're doing stuff. Nothing's confirmed. You know, I think I think there are some things in the works for getting some form of a re-release uh, re-release to people, which is exciting. Cool. Um, there's a, there's a lot of uh, label logistics. I'll just put it this way: it's not it's not uh, Solid State Tooth and Nails' fault. It's uh, who who we were associated wor- uh, with in the past.
1: Sure, I've
2: been kind of holding things hostage. Um, we actually haven't been able to get people physical copies of that record for years. Right, uh, And so I'm sure, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you get what I'm implying. Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so but a, a lot of that stuff is getting handled and we're going to be able to get it out to people. Um, yeah, we, we, we definitely want to do some shows. We might have some things conflicting during that time. Uh, but it'll be a good, it'll be a good conflict. Uh, but yeah, we definitely got plans in the works.
0: Awesome. Well, I love to hear it, man. Um, anything else to tell the people before before I let you go?
2: No, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the record to come out. I'm excited I got to, to chat with you. Um, hell yeah, I've, he- I've heard you, I've heard you a ton, so it was nice <laughs> to, actually, to talk to you. Um, and uh, yeah I guess I would just say yeah just give us a shot you know it'll okay. only take three minutes and if you don't like it there's plenty of other stuff for for people to enjoy oh you'll like it
0: you'll like it <laughs> uh, that's that's awesome man um well you as you know because you because you listen to the show I always play a song at the end and uh, I'd like you to pick it I'd like you to pick a a new song uh, for the people
2: yeah well let's uh let's just go with lights and fire we talked about it you know. Sure. You enjoyed it, so let's do it.
0: All right, well, here it is. A new one from Wolves at the Gate, Lights and Fire on Lead Singer Syndrome. Thanks, man.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: There is new music from Wolves at the Gate. The new album, Eulogies, is out March 11th. It's a slammer. And I want to thank Steve again so much for coming on the show and listening to the show. It's cool that he's a fan of what I do around here. So just an awesome underrated band. Make sure you check out their new record. Go back, listen to some of their other records too, because they are super awesome. I'll be back next week. Once again, I encourage you to hit that subscribe or follow button on whatever you're listening to so we can keep the hits coming. And I'm excited, man. 2022 is just shaping up to be a really great year, not just for the podcast, but I think for the world. Are we back? I don't want to say it, but it looks like things are coming back a little bit. So thank you. Thanks to all my sinners. Check out the All Access Club. And I'll see you all next week. Peace and love.